48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Pro-government lawmakers asked the government to raise the threshold for extraditions in its controversial legislation, but pan-Democrats want the legislation to be withdrawn altogether. A contractor pushes back against accusations it told some workers to ignore problems at the Hongholm MTR station, and the Justice Secretary shrugs off accusations that she failed to declare conflicts of interest over flats bought by her husband last year. The pro-government camp says it's asking the government to raise the threshold for extraditions under its proposed fugitive transfer bill. The camp's convener, Martin Liao, says the letter to the Secretary for Security, John Lee, follows vigorous discussions among 39 pro-establishment lawmakers. They're suggesting to only extradite suspects accused of crimes punishable by at least seven years in jail and only allow designated mainland bureaus to request fugitives. The two proposals that we suggested would be A to raise the bar to seven years from three years, uh, the penalty bar. The second suggestion is that the request will have to come from a central authority, such as the Supreme People's Procuratorate. So these are the two suggestions that we managed to reach general consensus on, and we have some confidence that the government will set because they are reasonable proposals. New People's Party Chairwoman Regina Yip didn't sign the pro-Beijing camp's letter to the security minister, but a party mate, Eunice Young, did. Mrs Yip explains why. By raising the threshold further to seven years, that would exclude a lot of crimes relating to child pornography and sex with underage children. You know. But as Eunice pointed out, these offences can be pursued in Hong Kong by way of extraterritorial application. But as a matter of principle, I don't think that the government ought to exempt some fairly serious crimes. After all, the objective is to prevent Hong Kong from becoming a safe haven for criminals. However, the convener of the pro-democracy camp, Claudia Mo, insists the government should withdraw the controversial extradition bill. She says the proposed amendments put forward by the pro-establishment camp earlier can't address worries over extraditions to the mainland. The crux of the problem is we in Hong Kong, as well as the international community, simply lack trust and confidence in uh, the Chinese judiciary and its uh, legal system. So uh, we can't help thinking that the uh, Beijing minions at the legislature and the government are playing a game together to try to cool off the very heated up sentiment at the moment over this controversy. Earlier, Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong said he was flabbergasted to hear some judges expressing concern over the proposed amendments, saying many would see it as a betrayal of judges' professionalism and neutrality. A Reuters report said three senior judges feared they'd come under pressure from Beijing if they tried to stop suspects being extradited to the mainland. Mr Tong said courts in Hong Kong could hold a full trial and the judge had the absolute power to say no to any extradition request. The judge has absolute power to say no, apply the law strictly and say no, I'm sorry, this case involves an element which I feel uncomfortable by reason of section 5, I hereby refuse the extradition. This is what judges are to do, this is their duty. How are they going to say that I'm, I'm not going to apply the law strictly because I fear that there will be repercussions for me, despite the clear uh, guarantees in the basic law? 
The main contractor linked to the Hung Hom MTR station construction scandal has cast doubt on whether its engineer really instructed subcontracted workers to ignore issues at problematic stitch joints and just try to fit rebars into couplers there, Francis Sit reports. Speaking at a government-appointed inquiry into flawed work at the station, the four men overseeing bar-fixing works at a number of stitch joints at the station said not all rebars were properly fitted into the couplers at one stitch joint because some couplers were embedded in concrete or couldn't link up properly. Manchun, who reports to subcontractor Wing and Kwong, said Leighton's engineer Henry Lai simply asked him to do what he could and go on with his work. The senior counsel Porsche, who represent the main contractor Leighton, questioned whether those conversations actually took place. He said it would have been common sense for Mr. Ng to mention Mr. Lai's instructions during a meeting that later management requested after water seepage issues surfaced. But Mr. Ng said he was only asked brief questions during the short meeting and he believed later management already knew of the construction issues because they didn't ask him in more detail. Mr. Ng also conceded that he was inexperienced or else he would have pointed the matter out to Leighton. The Secretary for Justice, Theresa Cheng, has shrugged off accusations that she failed to declare conflicts of interest over two flats her husband bought last year. Ms Cheng has declared ownership of four Hong Kong properties, while her husband has a house in Tianmun. It's been reported that in the last quarter of 2018, he bought two flats in mid-levels, one allegedly through a company, in order to avoid higher taxes. In response, Ms Cheng said she didn't own those flats, so she didn't need to declare them. She said she declared all her interests as required of a politically appointed official and executive councillor. However, executive councillor Regina Yip disagreed. Under rules uh, governing this disclosure of interest by executive councillors, we do need to disclose um, interest held by our close relatives, including spouses and children. If that report were true, definitely there is an omission on the part of the Secretary for Justice. And that needs to be dealt with by the chairman of the executive council, who is the chief executive. The High Court has heard it's wrong to use the constitutional right of equality to justify legalising same-sex marriage. The court is dealing with a landmark case for gay marriage from a local woman known as MK. Her lawyer argues that the freedom to marry as protected by the basic law should be read together with the article on equality. But the government's lawyer said the general clause on equality cannot trump the specific article that protects marriage as for heterosexuals only. The chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Joseph Dunford, has accused President Xi Jinping of reneging on his promise not to militarise islands in the South China Sea. Speaking at the Brookings Institution, General Dunford called for coordinated action to hold Beijing to account, although he stressed he wasn't suggesting military action. Fall of 2016, uh, President Xi Jinping promised President Obama that they would not militarize the islands. So what we see today are 10,000-foot runways, ammunition storage facilities, routine deployment of missile defense capabilities, aviation capabilities, and so forth. So clearly, they have walked away from, from that commitment. To the extent that the military capabilities haven't been increased in recent months, uh, I, as, I assume that's because the islands have now been developed to the point where they provide the military capability that the Chinese required them to have. Beijing has accused Washington of naked economic terrorism, warning again that there are no winners in a trade war. Speaking ahead of President Xi Jinping's trip to Russia next week, the Vice Foreign Minister Zhang Hanhui said China and Russia would certainly strengthen economic and trade cooperation. 
Seven South Korean tourists have died and 19 others are missing after a cruise boat capsized on the River Danube in the Hungarian capital Budapest. Authorities say there were 33 South Koreans on board. Here's the BBC's Abigail Maudsley. The accident happened late on Wednesday evening in a popular part of the river, close to the Hungarian parliament. Local news reports say the boat was carrying a group of South Korean tourists when it collided with another vessel. A huge rescue effort is underway. A section of the river has been closed off and divers are among those searching for the missing people. But they're working in difficult conditions. The river is flooding and there's heavy rain. A growing number of prominent Democrats in the United States have called for impeachment proceedings against President Trump. They've backed the move after the special counsel Robert Mueller made his first public comments on his report on Russian interference in the 2016 US election. Mr Mueller made it clear that contrary to Donald Trump's repeated assertions, he hadn't cleared the president of obstruction of justice. First, the opinion explicitly permits the investigation of a sitting president because it is important to preserve evidence while memories are fresh and documents available. Among other things, that evidence could be used if there were co-conspirators who could be charged now. And second, the opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. Minutes after Mr. Mueller spoke, Mr. Trump tweeted that the case against him was closed because of insufficient evidence. Here's the White House Press Secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We think the president has been fully and completely exonerated based on the fact there was no collusion, there was no conspiracy, and there was no obstruction. He hasn't changed his position. We've been saying the same thing for two years before the Mueller investigation even had to start. Research by scientists in France and Spain has added to increasing evidence that eating lots of ultra-processed food could be linked to early death. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. Ultra-processed foods have been through substantial industrial processing and often have a long list of ingredients on the packet. They include popular items such as ice cream, chicken nuggets and breakfast cereals. The two studies regularly assessed the diets of more than 100,000 people and recorded what happened to their health over periods of 5 and 10 years. They showed people who ate the most ultra-processed foods had the worst heart health and died earlier. However, the studies are not definitive proof of harm. It will require more research to explain how processing foods can have a detrimental effect on our bodies. Israeli politicians have voted to dissolve parliament and hold a snap election after the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, failed to form a coalition. The polls scheduled for September 17th will be the second this year, unprecedented in Israeli politics. Mr Netanyahu's Likud party gained seats in last month's vote, but not enough to govern alone. Attempts to form a right-wing coalition founded over differences between secular and religious parties. Mr Netanyahu told reporters he was confident of winning the next election. We will run a sharp, clear election campaign which will bring us victory. We will win and the public will win. Red-faced officials in New Zealand have admitted that an online bungle led to the leaking of the country's budget and not a sophisticated cyber attack as initial, as originally claimed. Finance now and currencies. The US dollar is at 109.59 yen. The euro is at 1 US dollar 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 91 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,125, 106 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $39 billion. And now with the sports, here's Atom Chung.
We start with ice hockey. The St. Louis Blues have won a game in the Stanley Cup final for the first time in franchise history. Carl Gunnarsson scored in overtime to give the Blues a 3-2 win in Game 2 against the Bruins in Boston. All four regulation goals came in the first period. The game was then decided when Gunnarsson blasted a shot into the net three minutes into the extra frame. It's the first Cup final win for the Blues who were swept in each of their three consecutive appearances between 1968 and 1970. The series is now tied 1-all with Game 3 in St. Louis coming up Sunday morning Hong Kong time. Now the 2019 Cricket World Cup gets underway later today with the host England playing South Africa at the Oval. England entered the 10-nation tournament as the number one one-day international side and as favourites. Our cricket commentator Sanir Chowdhury is in London. He says conditions there are less than ideal for cricket. Well, it's a typical uh, London summer. It's been typically cold, cloudy and windy. And not quite the conditions that you want to be playing cricket in. I had a walk around the ground yesterday afternoon, 24 hours before the match was supposed to begin. And uh, I could barely get my hands out of my jacket. And later it started drizzling as well. So not the kind of conditions for cricket. To add to this, the pitch that will have that will be used today was shown to have some grass on it yesterday when, when it was later on covered by the groundsman. So that could bring the bowlers into, into the contest as well, unlike what has been previous, previously thought uh, throughout in, on, on UK pitches. Now let's hear from the England captain Owen Morgan on his team being billed as the favourites. I think the the tag is there for a reason. The, the level of performance that we've produced, particularly at home over the last two years in particular, has probably lended us to being the favourites. Uh, that might change throughout the tournament. We'll more than likely come up against some difficult challenges and difficult games that we'll lose and have to come back from. But certainly going into the tournament, it sits fine with us. Chelsea are celebrating victory in football's Europa League. They beat their rivals Arsenal 4-1 in the final played in Azerbaijan. Eden Hazard scored twice in what's likely his final appearance for Chelsea. Olivier Giroud was also on target scoring against his former club. And it was a first trophy for Maurizio Sarri after 30 years as a football manager. As for Arsenal, the defeat brought a disappointing end to the illustrious career of goalkeeper Peter Cech. The result also means means Arsenal will be playing in the Europa League next season and not the Champions League. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Pro-government lawmakers asked the government to raise the threshold for extraditions in its controversial legislation, but pan-democrats want the law to be withdrawn altogether. A contractor pushes back against accusations it told some workers to ignore problems at the Hong Hom MTR station. And the Justice Secretary shrugs off accusations that she failed to declare conflicts of interest. The news from RTHK.